The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Thank you for calling WebmasterRadio.fm during office hours. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. We are connecting you now to office hours only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Vanessa Fox. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Office Hours. I am Vanessa Fox, and we're on Webmaster Radio. Hi, Brasco. Hi there. How's it going? Great. Um... I feel bad that I, I have a blessed and privileged to be in such great weather out here just outside the office. You feel bad? Yeah, because I, I keep reading the stories about, you know, this in the last week where Chicago gets two feet of snow and, you know, you're getting, you're getting what, like one to two feet of snow in the Northeast and the Midwest and then another storm's coming and it's like pounded with bad winter storms and we don't feel any of it. Yeah, I don't think you feel bad. I think you feel smug. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've been going on Facebook every couple of days and kind of throwing it back at people, and I'm not going to get it for for doing that. So, <laughs> what's the temperature there? Seventy-eight degrees right now. Yeah, that sounds. Nice. Well, that's like twenty-one Celsius, I think, or twenty-two. I forget. I think we should all go to Fort Lauderdale. Come on down. We'll party at your house. Woo! <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us, uh, particularly if you're in that super cold weather. Uh, lots of things has been going on in the last week. Exciting week in search. Um, search was even talked about apparently on the Colbert Report last night. So, uh, search is uh, on everyone's minds. The big news, of course. Biggest news out, you can now port your number to Google Voice. How awesome is that? That is the big news, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So if you have a Google Voice account, um, and let me just pop a link into the chat room. For uh, those of you who are listening live, you can always join us in the chat room and ask your questions here or try to, you know, um, distract me so that while I'm trying to talk, I, I get distracted since it's hard to talk and read at the same time. Um, and if you're listening on the podcast later, um, you know, try to join us live. It's, it's a pretty fun time. Um, so yeah, so um, Google announced that if you have a Google Voice account, you can now port your, port your number over for $20. And if you do not have a Google Voice account, then that functionality will be coming soon where you can create a Google Voice account. So coincidentally, so I was thinking, you know, I've been really wanting this to happen for a long time. And then a couple of days ago, my Android phone, my Evo, broke. Um the micro USB uh, port stopped working, so I can't charge it. I can't do anything with it. And so this came at a perfect time because according to uh, the Google mobile blog, what happens when you port your number over to Google Voice is it cancels your wireless agreement 
And then you have to sign up and get a new one so that you have a new number to point your Google Voice number to, which seems a little complicated. So I was like, well, if I'm going to have to cancel my agreement anyway and get a new agreement, I guess now's the time to get a new phone at the same time. Um, but when I went into the Sprint store, first of all, the guy was kind of amazed. He was like, he didn't. He was a little sus- suspicious of me because he hadn't heard about this Google Voice, you know, like porting. He's like, how do you know about it so soon if it just happened? And then he's like, oh, what do you use for email? And I was like, well, I'm Google Apps. And then he was like, oh, well, do you still have the receipt for your phone? And I was like, oh, well, I got it for, you know, from, um, you know, well, Google for. Uh, didn't have to pay for it, you know, because I got it at, at I.O. last year. And uh, then he was like, wait a minute, were you associated with Google in some way? You seem to know a lot about Google. Um, but anyway, um, what he said, and so I'm going to try this out and I will let you all know, I might do a post on it, is he said that instead of canceling your account and then creating a new account with a new number, he suggested adding a line to my existing account and adding a phone number, and then when I port my number over, it'll just remove that line from my account but keep my account active. And he said that should be a lot more, a lot smoother than than um, canceling my account and creating a new one. So I'm going to try that. I will let you all know. The phone that I got was the Samsung Sung Epic. I know there's a bunch of new Androids that are coming out soon, but um, um, I didn't have time to wait, right, because mine's broken. And so this one's been out for a while, and so it actually has Android 2.1 on it. But I read this morning that I should be able to root the phone and install Gingerbread on it. So I'm also going to try that. So I will report, I will report back um, on how all of that goes. <clears throat> Um, well, as it turns out, there's there's other news going on as well. So maybe we'll cover a few of those things, and then we'll get to some of the questions. Um, people have several questions um, in the chat room. Um, oh, someone I, I I saw this this morning. This isn't really search specific. This is from Ogletree SEO Fox. Um, that well, Kenneth Cole apparently posted a tweet this morning, I think, or yesterday. Um, somehow trying to use what was going on in Egypt um, to do a promotion of his new shoe line. And so I would say that that's probably uh, an example of what not to do in social media. I mean, it's fun to sort of be um, funny or not serious or sort of make fun of things, but that's probably not, not, the, um, not the best way to go about it. Um, anyway, so I'm not going to talk too much about the big news of the week, which is the um, Google Bing story where um, Google was saying basically that um, Bing was using perhaps the toolbar or some, some other way to see what their users were clicking on with Google search results and um, were using that as a signal in their own algorithms. There's been a lot um, of discussion about this, so I won't rehash it too much. Let me just post um, a link to, to the, the original article in the, in the chat room just to make sure that everyone um, is is caught up. And this is actually an, an on going thing where first well, Google said, here's what happened, and Ming came back and said, no, here's what's happening. And then there was an event earlier this week where Matt um, Cuts from Google was on a panel uh, with Bing, and they had some discussion about it, and it and it's still going on now. Both sides have done blog posts about it. The bottom line, right, is that 
being so both Bing and Google use lots, you know, hundreds and hundreds of signals in their their algorithms when figuring out how to rank results. Um, Bing was looking at what users were clicking on in um, Google search results, potentially as one of those many hundreds of signals. Google in particular seemed to have gotten upset because they've done a lot of work on their spelling um, algorithms where they can tell what you're trying to type even if you type it in wrong. And so in some um, cases, it looked like Bing was benefiting from those spelling algorithms by just being able to grab the corrected results and show them. Bing, of course, is saying, well, we use a lot of things. We, we use the, you know, what the users click on overall. Um, and so this isn't really anything new. You also, you know, use, use the data from users. You know, I think it's, it's probably a complicated story. Um, I've, I do have a lot of thoughts on it that, that I think are, are somewhat more um, complex than just kind of a black and white, you know, someone's right, someone's wrong. Um, it is true, of course, that, that Google uses a lot of data from users. Um, you know, if you think about just the queries, right, um, Google doesn't have to look and see what users are um, clicking on in Bing search results, right, because they get such a high volume of searches themselves um, that they get a lot of data about searcher intent and what, what searchers are um, interested in. And of course, they use all of, all of that, but that's sort of a different situation, right? At least that's what Google is saying, is like sort of benefiting from Google's hard work and figuring out this spelling suggestion stuff. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll talk about it more later. I, I do think it's a fairly complex, you know, kind of, kind of an issue. So, um, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, you know, one thing that I, I, br I brought up actually this morning on a, a discussion forum in Seattle um, was not specifically related to what's happening with Bing and Google, but just the fact that we all sort of think scraping generally is a bad idea, um, right? Like, rather than scrape um, content from a site, you want to use their, you know, API or some kind of a licensing agreement that it's okay to use you know, the results of their work. So if you have a startup that has a proprietary technology that's done a lot of work to generate some results, um, you wouldn't necessarily want another startup to be able to come in and grab all of that. So if, the, if, if say, a competitor has a, has a toolbar and is able to get the data through users' clicks, you know, at some, at what point does that become similar to scraping versus just being analyzing sort of user behavior right I think there's an interesting line um, and I'm not sure where that line is but at some point you know as we sort of the world continues to move online and more and more of our um, of our business is done online you know those types of things I think are going to become more more interesting to look at um, in terms of you know how far that line goes so um, anyway, if this continues to play out, um, like I say, I might do a story sort of on, you know, some of these uh, side issues that, that maybe people aren't thinking about quite so much. Um, going to a much more minor, I think, um, thing that's been happening with Google, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's like two, two sides of the same story that are happening at the same time. The first is that um, some sites are getting upset because um, Google seems to be taking over the search results with their own listings. And so here's just one example of that. 
review sites are upset because um, Google Places um, is starting to gain a lot of prominence in search results. And so there's this idea that um, Google is just trying to take over the search results with their own um, content. On the other hand, um, here's another story where um, Google says that they're going to stop doing real estate search. So that's sort of the, the opposite where they're saying, well, you know, the content that's out there, the real estate sites that are out there um, provide really good information. We found that searchers didn't use our real estate um, search as much as they use these other verticals, so we're just going to go with them. Um, and so that does seem to back up sort of Google's stance that they're trying to provide the most relevant and useful experience for searchers and that they're watching searcher behavior to see what um, searchers are, are most interested in. Um, with real estate, it's interesting too because Yahoo um, just announced that they're now going to have their real estate search results powered by Zillow. Um, so uh, Yahoo also out of the real estate search game. So we've got all of these real estate verticals who um, are now out there. Um, and I think, you know, this sort of, sort of local listings issue has been a tough one for a while. There just seems to be a lot of directory sites out there that aren't necessarily adding a ton of value. Um, but I think real estate is an example where we've seen a lot of innovation where there is a lot of value, right? If you look at a lot of the real estate search engines, they're not only aggregating um, data, but they're aggregating it in a way that adds a lot of value, right? Like if you go to estately.com and you look at um, a specific house for sale, it's showing you, um, you know, the walk score. It's pulling in from the API, like how far away um, that house is from schools and from parks, and um, you know, so you're you're starting to see aggregation in a in a pretty value added way, um, and that <clears throat> I think brings us to. The next thing of interest to talk about, which is content farms. Um, so we've um, had this whole thing for a while, right, where um, users on the one hand supposedly are upset about what they're calling content farms. Um, on the other hand, you have um, publishers who are saying, we're not a content farm, we're providing a value add for users. I mean, whatever way that, that that means, right? There's a variety of different types of sites that might fall under this. Um, and then so you have, well, Google, right, that comes out and says, well, you know, we need to take care of this algorithmically. So we're going to build these algorithms um, to detect low-value content. Um, and I just popped another link into the chat room there. See, if you're, if you're in um, the chat room, you know, you get all this stuff right away, right off the presses. Um, yeah, so um, Google's saying, well, we don't want to just ban a site. Um, we want to sit, you know, th there could be pages of a site that are valuable and pages of a site um, aren't that, that aren't valuable. And so we want to find algor algorithmic ways of detecting that. Um, but then you have Blecko, which comes out and says, well, um, we've decided, you know, we've, uh, we've classified a bunch of sites as content farms, so we're just going to ban them from our index. Um, so these are completely different approaches, and um, I think this gets into an interesting issue because, like I say, you have these content owners that say, "No, we're providing value," or they ask me all the time, "You know, how is it that you know what are, when you say add value, what do you mean?" So I think this goes back to the real estate um, vertical example, which is those sites. It's it's 
all aggregated in content, right? But they're aggregating it in a way that that really adds a lot of value. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that would be the thing to take a look at is, does the site speak for itself when someone goes to the page? Is it apparent that it's that it's adding value for those visitors? And so, um, it'll be interesting to see. Google also just launched an algorithm to detect scraper sites, so they won't be ranking those supposedly as highly as the original source of content. Um, I might have a link for that one as well. Um, this is a, I think, another thing from um, Google. But um, so, you know, with Google, like I say, they're they're trying to approach this in sort of an algorithmic way. You know, how can we find these things? Um, and that's on a case by case basis. I did want to say a few more things about the Blecko um, way that they're going about it, but it looks like it's time for a break. So maybe we will take that, and then um, I'll give you a few more thoughts on Blecko, and then. Uh, answer a bunch of these uh, um, uh, um, these questions, so stick with us. Please hold. Vanessa will be with you in a moment with more Office Hours. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. It's time again to make your plans to be at SES New York 2011. SES New York 2011 makes its way to the New York Hilton March 21st to the 25th. SES New York 2011 will feature over 70 sessions, over 100 exhibitors, and networking opportunities with thousands of marketing and search engine optimization professionals. SES New York 2011 will start with a high-profile opening keynote from Yahoo's principal research scientist, Duncan Watts. Thursday, March 25th is the Online Marketing Summit's All Things Digital Best Practice Day, which features a full day of premium breakout sessions. Don't delay. Come to SES New York 2011, March 21st to the 25th, inside the New York Hilton. Register right now at searchenginestrategies.com and get 20% off your registration when you use promo code WMR20. Register right now at searchenginestrategies.com and use promo code WMR20. Two, one, boost to ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. 
Rock the World with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We thank you for holding. We will now connect you for more office hours only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Office Hours on Webmaster Radio. I am Vanessa Fox. Today is Thursday, February the 3rd, 2011. We come to you live every Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, or you can always subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Um, And hello, everyone in the chat room. I know that you're doing your best to distract me, and I am resisting, uh, but soon I will... uh, uh, come through and answer your uh, your questions. And for Tom, yes, I will bring you coffee. Except I won't be at SES because I think I'll be in Australia then. Dang it. Well, if I'm ever anywhere that you're speaking, I will definitely bring you coffee. Yeah. Um, all right. So just quickly to wrap up with this content farm um, stuff and what Blecko's doing and their approach versus Google's approach. Um, the face of it, it may seem obvious and it may seem like an easy answer to just outright ban sites that you think maybe are content farms. And certainly um, Google does ban sites that are spam. Um, You know, that it's not that they don't ever do that. Um, But, you know, it was interesting. I was thinking about this when I was watching um, uh, Bing, Google, and Blecko um, Monday at that uh, Bing search event. And... Rich Skrenta from Blecko said, hey, you know, this is very easy. Um, For health information, you want authoritative health information. We know what the top 50 health sites are, so it's very easy to just make sure that those are the ones that show up. And, um, oh, good, John um, Mueller. Hi, John. uh, Just posted a link to uh, that video, I think, in uh, in the chat room. It's called Big Think was the name of the event. but if you think about that approach, which is we know what the top sites are, we know what's authoritative, um, and we know what the bad sites are, and you use that manual approach as opposed to you know algorithms to figure out what's really valuable, you really can hurt the market, right? Because say there's a new new health startup that's really innovative um, and really useful, how in the world would they ever be able to break in if the search engines have classified the top? 50 authoritative health sites, right? So it's just a dangerous road, I think, to go down. Um, and so there's there's just a lot of things to think about there. Um, all right, so let's quickly get to some of the questions uh, that we have. The first one uh, actually came from the Webmaster Central discussion forums, and then someone pinged me and asked me if I would talk about it today. Um, so here's a link to it. And the summary here is um, the company's planning to launch a new website um, and when they go live with the new site they're going to 301 redirect all of the URLs from the old site to the new site um, but they say I'm unsure as to how uh, best let Googlebot continue to crawl and index the old site while we're rolling out the new site um, and it sounds like what they're doing is that they're slowly transitioning their visitors over to the new site um, 25 you know, like percent at first, and then fifty percent, and then seventy-five percent. Um, and it sounds like the reason that they're doing this 
is that they want to test the new site and make sure that the changes um, are helpful for their users instead of the old users, um, I mean the, the old site, um, before they actually make it go live. So um, I'm not sure exactly the specifics here, so there's several things that are going on. Um, <clears throat> one is sort of redirecting to a new domain or a different set of URLs, right? And that for that type of thing, you wouldn't have to test it from a user perspective because the content would be exactly the same, right? So it sounds to me in this case that the content is changing. Um, and so it's unclear if the content and the URLs are new or if just the content is new. But let's just assume that the domain and the content are changing at the same time. Now, first of all, that wouldn't be the way that I would recommend, right? If at all possible, you wouldn't want to make both of those changes at the same time. Because if something goes wrong, um, or if you stop, you know, ranking for the things that you ranked for before and you lose all your traffic, it's hard to pinpoint if that's because you changed the content or if it's some kind of a technical issue with the URLs or the, or the redirects. But that said, I do understand that there are times when you have to do it that way, right? When you have to change the content and the domain and the URLs all at the same time. Um, so for that, of course, they're right that you would want to do a 301 um, to get there. But um, they've got this additional hiccup where they're trying to test out the new site a little bit of a time um, before before they do uh, the launch. They they don't want to do some kind of cloaking where only the Googlebot is shown the old you know the old site right to um, so. To me, this is a kind of a testing, right? This is like an A-B kind of a test. Um, and maybe you can't use something like Website Optimizer because the domains are different or something. But honestly, the way, so there's two ways that I would do this. One is I would just do the test on the same um, domain and use um, something like Website Optimizer to show some percentage of users the new um, content that you would be showing on the new site. Um, that would be the safest way to do it, the easiest way to do it in terms of the framework and the testing. Um, however, if that's not possible, like um, the infrastructure on the new site is totally like different and so you can't um, show it on the, the old infrastructure. What you could consider doing is you have people going to the old site, right? And then you're going to redirect a portion of those to see the new site and then analyze those results. Um, so instead of sending 25% of your visitors to the new site, you could do something like send 25% of your IE8 visitors maybe, or 25% of your Firefox visitors. Um, that way most people and the search engine bots would see the regular site, but then a percentage of visitors based on their browser type might see the new site. Um, and then you sh should be able to get the, the types of data that you're looking for for testing. Um, and then uh, redirect. This idea that someone has of, well, you could um, put a meta robots no index tag on the new site um, is problematic because then some of the time the bots are going to be crawling a, um, a redirect and getting to the no index, in which case they're going to drop the old pages out of the index that redirected. I mean, you start to run into a lot of problems there. Um, so I would probably try to avoid um, doing that. And it looks like people are talking about this um, in the chat room. Um, but it's too much for me to read, so 
Um, I'll have to go back and take and take another look at it. Um, oh, they do say, yeah, the content is changing and the URLs. Um, so, um, so yeah, so there is that. So anyway, those are some things that, um, that, uh, that I would look at, um, for doing that, that kind of a thing. All right. So there's been several, um, questions about links. Um, someone in the chat room is asking about paid links. What exactly is a paid links versus a directory? Um, Jill, who I believe is in the chat room too, Jill Whalen had um, done a post that she asked me to talk about um, that I'm going to um, also pop into the chat room where she thinks that she's seen a lot of uh, link spam, such as comment spam, um, with relevant anchor text, actually I think it's this, um, um, causing things to rank in um, Google, and she's like, hey now, that shouldn't be how it should be. Um, and there was... A reply from John, actually, I think, who's in the chat room, John Mueller of Google, um, talking about how uh, you know this uh, um, this comment spam stuff really kind of sucks, and Google's not really into it. So we're running out of time. So just sort of briefly, um, at a high level, right? Any link that is intended to manipulate search engine algorithms, the search engines, and in, in particular, and Google don't like, right? So whether that's a paid link, right? Meaning, hey, uh, I think your site has a lot of authority. If I pay you in some way, will you link back to my site um, with this anchor text? Um, or if <clears throat> if it's a link like you're leaving a comment on a blog with um, keyword-rich um, anchor text for the purposes of trying to get page rank value back to your site, um, you know, anything that's intended to kind of manipulate the algorithms is, is seen as violating the webmaster and guidelines. The, the, the whole point of kind of the page rank algorithm is that someone sees the content on your site, um, says, hey, that's awesome, and they want to link to it editorially, right? Now, Jill, in her post, and she's saying this in, uh, in um, the chat room, is, yeah, I get that that's the way it's supposed to work. But it doesn't seem to work that way. It seems like these the um, these comment spammers um, that it's really really working. Now I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't looked into it so much. My guess would be that in some cases it is working, in some cases it isn't. Nathan uh, Johns um, posted this morning that just because a page is still in the index, that obviously. Um, that has link spammed, it doesn't mean that those links um, are counting and is helping them uh, rank. And even if a page is ranking well, it has a bunch of comment spam pointed at it, it may be ranking well for other reasons. It may not be because of the comment spam. But as Jill is saying, well, it seems to me that in some cases it really is because of the comment spam or because of the paid links. Um, so Jill, I don't think, is going to like my answer. Um, but my experience when I worked at um, Google and what seems to be what the Googlers are saying now is that they try very hard to catch that stuff and they're always working on new algorithms to, um, to catch that stuff. Um, yes, it's going to be the case that they're not going to catch all of it all the time, but likely they'll get to it eventually, right? They're always looking to do these um, large-scale um, algorithms that um, hit a lot of this at once rather than doing it on a case-by-case -case basis because the web is just so big. Um, so if you see it working, you know, the chances are it's not going to work for long. It doesn't mean that, hey, you should jump on the bandwagon. 
Um, I know that some people are like, no, it works. It's great. It works forever. Um, but really it is the case that they've got huge groups of people that are specifically, you know, like dedicated to building algorithms to make sure that stuff isn't working and they'll, you know, that's going to be something that's just, they're just going to have to keep on and on with. So, you know, probably a lot of people don't like my answer, but that is probably, um, the real, um, answer. Also, John Mueller says to send him some examples and John, I don't know if you want me to give out your email on the air or just in the chat room. Um, <laughs> so if you can hear me, uh, you can let me know before we, we wrap up and then I'll, um, I'll give that out if, if that's cool. Um, but to, to go back and answer someone else's question that was asking about what's a paid link because, you know, you can put a direct, get um, a directory link and sometimes you have to pay for that. So um, Google has specifically, I don't have time to go back and find the um, blog post right now, but um, with Google they've specifically come out and talked about that. And basically they've said if it's the kind of directory that you just pay money and you get a link, then they're probably not going to count um, those links necessarily for page rank value. But if it's the case that you pay to have the link reviewed or like the submission reviews and then it's editorial in terms of whether or not your site actually gets placed in on the directory, then they might be more likely to um, count those links for value. So um, that's kind of how they sort of look at it. I wouldn't, if, if you want to be in a directory because you think it's valuable, like you think that there are, is you, your audience um, using that, um, you know, directory and that you're, you're going to get um, acquisition from that, then you shouldn't worry so much. Um, you're not going to get like penalized for submitting to that um, directory. It may or may not help you rank in um, Google, but you know, you should really kind of think of a directory submission along those lines. Is is um, the directory itself going to be valuable um, on its own, even if the search engines didn't exist? So, um, I'd wanted to get what to one more um question about hiding um text that someone had asked, but I don't really have time, so I'm just going to put these in the chat room really quickly. Someone was asking about CSS sprites, and Google has actually posted about. Um, the text associated with CSS sprites, so I'll pop that in there. Um, and then I also put in, in the chat room a post from Miley of Google talking about how you don't want to use um, a negative um, indent uh, CSS um, for text in images. But um, you cer certainly can use sp uh, sprites. You can, of course, use um, all attributes. So maybe next time we'll have more time to get into that. But with that, we are out of time. Uh, so thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks everyone in, in uh, the chat room and uh, be sure to join us next week on Office Hours on Webmaster Radio.